I'm glad you're with me today. I have one of the top companies that fund franchise and business startups, one of the executives, one of the C-level folks, uh, and I'm real excited. You are not going to want to miss this. This is the Franchise Pitfalls and Profit Show. Each week, we bring you the challenges and triumphs of being in the franchise development and consulting business, the things you need to make money faster. And now your host, one of the most successful franchise developers in North America, Don Shin. Hey, Eric. Hey, Don, how are you? Good, good, good. Thanks for joining us, folks. Let me introduce uh, uh, Eric and and uh, and the company, and and uh, he can correct me or add a couple of things real quick uh, uh, onto this before we get started. But uh, Benetrends, Eric's with Benetrends. He's the chief development officer. He has been in this space, in this field, in this industry for 18 years. Uh, Benetrends, as they say, which I love this phrase, jump starts the American dream. Benetrends has been doing this for over 30 years. Eric and I were talking about uh, Len Fisher uh, when I first got into franchising uh, 22, 23 years ago. Uh, Len, Len was kind of out there doing it himself, and I think with his daughter. Uh, and uh, but uh, so got this uh, this unique funding and the funding of franchises specifically. So they've been doing it for over 30 years. Uh, they have helped over 30,000 people. Uh, they have innovative funding solutions. So I just thought Eric was going to be a C-level executive for Benetrends, was going to be one of the best interviews that we could have. So no no pressure or anything, Eric. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, Eric, anything you want to add to that as a, as a quick intro? No, I mean, listen, it's hard to uh, try to step in when somebody starts talking about Len Fisher. I mean, there's it's hard to, get, you know, talk about people as pioneers these days because a lot of our industry is, you know, perfecting somebody else's model that somebody else made. And, uh, you know, right. with what Len built and what Benetrends has become, uh, no, it's a perfect intro. We love what we do. We love the space that we operate in. We love working, you know, we work with all small businesses, but Len kind of made that decision years ago that, you know, franchising was going to be a big part of what Benetrends does. And, you know, fast forward 35 plus years later and, uh, 120 plus employees at Benetrends and thousands of entrepreneurs that we work with. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. It's hard not to get excited about about helping people fulfill their dreams. You know, I mean, that's that's why I stay even, you know, at my age, uh, I stay in this because I just love helping people do that and seeing them succeed and and and, you know, just creating the lifestyles and the wealth and and the quality of life through business ownership. And you guys are, are at the foundation of that without, without companies like Benetrends uh, you know, businesses, people would not be able to do this. So, so let, let me get started there as to just curious how you got into the business. You know, it's funny because it tells a, almost a good story of, of almost like for those that are listening and don't even know about that program that Lynn pretty much pioneered because I had spent the bulk of my career, um, you know, in the traditional come out of college, go to corporate. I worked for a company uh, named Cintas, a uniform company, you know, oh, shirts, yeah. pants, mats, mops, and toilet paper. Very glamorous <laughs> stuff. Uh, but great company for anyone, uh, you know, works for them. Great sales training, sales organization. Um, moved, uh, you know, about five times in three years and, uh. you know, different management uh, positions and different opportunities um net who uh a, an amazing woman who's my now wife um 
who at that time had about a two and a half year old son. So you go from being, you know, 29 years old one weekend going out with your buddies and having fun and, oh, you want to move me here, move me there, I'm fine, to overnight kind of becoming a parent and uh, realizing maybe I want something that I'll look somewhere else. And literally, Don, it's a recruiter friend of mine said, there's this company not too far from where you live. And their exact words were, I don't know what they do. It kind of sounds illegal, <laughs> but I'm going to get you an interview there. <laughs> <laughs> that is and, cool. I love that. That That is a cool story. And, and you know, I always say probably 80% of the people who, who start their own businesses through franchising come out of that corporate career. And so oh, yeah. I, I think, you know, you, you add a lot of value there. I was the same way. We had moved seven times in 19 years corporately, um, most of them before... Uh, I'd say five or six of them were really before before we had kids or before the kids were were in school. So they were very, very easy corporate moves. But we got to a place where and that's how I got into franchising and started my first franchise. We we got to a place where daughter was 13, uh, son was eight. Um, we were not going to move, you know, and uh, and so the the desire to go into a franchise was was really really important to me and and a real driver there. So um, as I shared with you off uh, off camera, the audience today is franchise uh, franchisors, uh, entrepreneurs, people wanting wanting to get into business, uh, also uh, franchise brokers and consultants helping people into business for themselves, helping them into franchising. I always kind of call them career coaches. Um, so what do you think it takes? I mean, you're around funding businesses and you see all kinds of brands and stuff uh, and you see all kinds of people. So what do you think are a couple of the real key things that that uh, you think make successful uh, transitions and successful franchise owners in the long run? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting question because for our world, those different audiences, it's different things. So mm. for the consultants, the franchise executives, the franchisors that are out there, emerging, established. For me, my message to them, it is still fascinating to me in this world of how much of the candidates funding they leave in the candidates' hands. Mm, wow. It is amazing. If I go to buy this franchise, oh, here's the equipment that we use. Here's our vendor for that. Here's where you're going to order your floor. Here's where you're going to do this. Here's where you're going to do this. Here's where you do that. Um, how about funding? I don't know. Go out and find out if you can get a loan. It wow. is fascinating to me. Oh, and by the, and this is not a Benetrend, whether you work with any of the great funding companies that are out there. About 99% of the time, if you're a franchisor, a franchise consultant, franchise development person, um, to have a funding partner, one, it costs you nothing. <laughs> Yeah. They make a lot of commitments and tools and materials for you. They help your candidates get it. But ultimately, the easiest line to deliver there, Don, what helps get deals done is, um, one, if you give the keys to the bus to the candidate, they're going to crash the bus. <laughs> I love they, that. Their funding is such a, man, it is such an interesting, unique world, especially for dealing with the aspect of you know, getting small business loans and the different appetites of lenders. I mean, people will think that I could go to 10 banks that all tell me no, and it has nothing to do with the business. Right, right, yeah. It's, it didn't fit their appetite, but people don't think that. So that's number one with that part of the audience. 
same thing for the candidates. Um, get look at all your options. People paint themselves into such a corner, and it's so based off of perception and not realities. Like yep. the amount of times now that I get the, hey, I want to do an SBA loan. I want to do an SBA loan. I want to do an SBA loan. And I have fun with people, Don. I'll say, so, hey, listen, um, your home, do you want to leverage your home at 8% or 4%? Well, right. four. Your liquid, do you want to use your post-tax liquid or your pre-tax liquid? Yep. Uh, pre-tax. Okay, great. So just so you know, the two options you just chose were getting something like a home equity line of credit and yeah. using a rollover. The other options are using your cash and going an SBA loan because the SBA is probably going to take the home as collateral. And that's around eight plus percent. HELOCs probably because they're going to be in four or five. And then the rollover program, but no one starts there. They go with what they know. So for candidates, for development people, look at everything and start early. Um, yep. The amount of people that, again, it's always fascinating um, to see how, why this world operates so differently from anywhere else. If somebody said, I'm going to go look for a house today, what's the first thing they do? They get pre-qualified for a mortgage. Yep. Yep. I was going to ask you about that, whether that's uh, that's something that you recommend or you, you're, are you seeing that regularly now in, in our franchise world or? The best buyers, the best executives, the best brands literally get us people before they even even decide to almost engage with them or even on the buyer side, how do I know what businesses I can look at if I don't know what I can afford, whether you go that route or not. Uh, but it, it feels like financing is such like the, I was thinking this, you know, if anyone's ever seen the movie, Tommy Born, he's holding the piece of bread and he's like, I've got this magical deal and I don't want to mess it up. I feel like sometimes, you know, people are like, well, I don't want, if they don't bring up funding and I don't bring up funding, then it must be okay. That's right. That's right. When you're uncomfortable with it and you don't know that much about it, that then 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 your your odds are you're gonna defer or just just not even deal with it. I, I was shocked. I have to tell you, many many years ago, I had I had lunch with a with a, a gentleman I'd known for years, and he was a colleague of mine at a Fortune 200 size company. You know, dealt with hundreds of millions of dollars in in his responsibility, and he was downsized. And I really wasn't trying to sell him a franchise or anything, but we were just talking about what I was doing. And I was shocked that he said um, he made the statement, "Oh, I, I, you know, I, I would not ever be able to start my own business. I wouldn't have the funds to do it." And yet, in the same lunch date, he had told me, "Oh, their house was already paid off." And uh, so I'm, I'm thinking like, Mike, you know, what are you doing? So we shouldn't assume that people know how to do this. And and I would say for franchising, like you mentioned earlier, for franchising, not to not to, I want you talking more than me, but I, I would say most banks. Um, I know when I went for it, it was an emerging brand I was buying. I was the first one in the U.S. Uh, I did end up with a bank with a with a business line of credit just because my credit scores were so strong and I could do that, but it, you know, they were going like four weeks, six weeks, not giving me the funding. And finally I, I called what's going on. Well, we don't really understand this business, you know? And so I, I think, like you said, it, it doesn't fit a lot of your local banks, it doesn't fit their portfolio to, to fund a new franchise. Yeah. I would say one, thankfully that that's true because that's a big part of our business is as SBA packagers or 
almost loan brokers or matchmakers um, yes. is what, you know, what people do in the SBA space in the funding world is knowing those appetites. But even more importantly, the, 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 the only example I need is if I were to run down a list of the top 10 lenders in the franchise space nationally, when I say top 10, I mean, we're not talking like, oh, they did a cut. I mean, we're talking 10, 15, 20 plus million dollars in annual loaned out funds. You would think eight or nine of the top 10 were names I made up last night. Mm, wow. Like these are not the the three or four big banks that we go and you know deposit our checks and use our ATM. These are specific lenders that have said this is our focus category. This is what we target, and they and people forget banks are businesses. They all yeah. have different appetites. Yep. Yeah. Some yep. banks say I'm going to elephant hunt and I'm going to go and I want to do loans that are million dollar plus and they're resales or they're, yeah we do franchising. But it's for the guy that already has or gal that has two or three open. And they're going to go right. open four, five, and six. Yeah, that's yep. not the bank I'm going to go to to go and open my first, you know, fitness concept tomorrow. Yeah, but and, and, there's and other the banking that do that. That's right, and the banking industry has really cycled. So I know around here for a while there were small kind of community uh, or regional banks opening like crazy, and then all of a sudden they were all bought up you know, by, by somebody bigger and that, and they went away. And, and so, I'll tell you um, what, some of these appetites, I can't, yep. I, I can't quantify this. Um, I think they're actually going to start exploding a little bit more to even be more open. Yep. My honest opinion, I think a lot of these banks had to hire during COVID. I know that sounds funny, but remember all those PPP loans yeah. were all processed through the SBA departments of these banks. Yep. Now yep. they have these robust departments. SBA has increased the guarantee. Some interest rates have gone up. These banks are going to want to put money out there. Yeah. yeah. And it really is. If you don't use it, you lose it. So, yep. um, yeah. So but let's, it's, stay, it's, let's stay on that, Eric, because um, one of my questions was going to be, what kinds of trends are, are you seeing in in funding right now or in franchising you know you you guys obviously have a lot of franchising experience but um uh, so any uh, you, you were just hitting on some things any other trends or things that that we as uh as uh, providers or helping people in the business for themselves uh that we should know about you know when i look at some of the trends i think it's actually i always tell candidates this and, I'll, and i would almost address the developers and brands like this is rather than knowing what's the good stuff and the different ways to do it more importantly what are the trends or the negative thing what's the wrong way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yep. i've actually seen you know there's good trends of you know looking to make sure of how what banks are focused on here you see a lot of these multi-brand networks that are all coming in and using that strength and a lot of trends are combining different funding options. I've seen a trend of going out and trying to find conventional lenders to lock into a brand and say, listen, um, you know, we're a good brand. Look at this. We want to, and we do this a lot. We match banks come to Bennett Trends all the time. I bet. Say, yeah. Where should we put our money? Yeah. We don't know what's out there and we'll match a brand and we'll get a bank to say, listen, we love it. We're going to earmark $20 million of our SBA funds for this brand. And we don't have to underwrite the brand anymore. It's yep. just about, but the, the, the trends, it's an interesting thing. I'm seeing trends in franchising that don't match the trends in funding, oh, especially with the bank side. 
yeah, um, yeah. multi-territory or multi-unit development exploded. Let yeah. me get this many locations, this many licenses. That's nothing super new. Right. The development schedules have accelerated for lack of better words. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we want location two signed by 10 months after signing the franchise agreement. Yeah. We want this by this time. That's great. That's great. Not going to work with a bank. Yeah. If they're yeah. going to go and get funding for that second location. Yeah. At least yeah. they're getting that type of lending historically. Yeah. And will they maybe catch up a little bit? Sure. But historically, a bank wants to see somebody have location one open for about 12 to 18 months yeah. before they're going to give them funding location two. So we're seeing kind of a mismatched approach yeah. Um, yeah. on that end. But that's what's opened up to the positive trends of, well, can we do the first one without SBA? And it makes it easier. And we bring in the yeah. rollover conventional loan. A great trend that I've seen, Don, that matches well is this explosion of the service-based models. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we have a huge explosion of a lending appetite for equipment leasing lending. Yep. Non-SBA. And I think people think equipment, they think restaurant, they think fitness. We've got a leasing companies that will, it's, you know, the vehicles, the wraps, the lifts, yeah. the equipment needed for that. And now you can use that, not go that, you know, other route. And we've really seen a big, big appetite there. So those, that's been a really cool trend. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, um, so tips for people that are, are looking to borrow and as they're thinking about starting a visit uh, a business you said about you know start early get pre-qualified any other thoughts along the way of things that 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 people should be aware of before they come to Benetrends or 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 go to their bank any other tips or recommendations on that yeah it's it, it sounds easier said than done but the reason i say start early is when you start early, you don't have the pressure. And when you have pressure, you go with what seems easy. And the per, I said before, perception and reality. Um, be open to all of your options and start to remove emotions and names mm. and look at actual, because we've talked about this before, we've talked about offline and you know Lens program that he pretty much pioneered. I mean, every conversation I have is, Hey, Eric, I want to use an SBA loan. I don't want to touch my home. And on top of that, I would never use my retirement funds. And yeah. I would tell you 90% of the time at the end of their process, that almost becomes flip. They're using it. Yeah. It's, yeah. well, why would I use my cash I already paid taxes on? I have access to these pre-tax dollars. It's no different than when Eric worked at Cintas and bought shares of Cintas in his 401k. He was funding Cintas through his retirement funds. All I'm doing is the same thing, but funding my own business. Um, and I leave my cash. I don't leverage. So, so get started and just be open. I mean, people don't even think of their stock portfolio and the fact that they can leverage that like a home equity line of credit. Yep. Um, yep. But instead of using the home, you're using the portfolio. So when you look at That's all great. the names, it's really important. And I know some are, I, I know I've uh, I've personally worked with some of your um, I apologize if you call them agents or reps. Uh, consultants, yeah. Okay, consultants. And um and I know they've done a good job. They've got some great pieces that they've shared with me as the franchisor that I can share with with my candidates to 
to do exactly that. Get educated, get gain knowledge about the options so that you just don't go in with with uh, tunnel vision as to what you think you should be doing. Um, Eric, you've seen and Benetrends has seen, uh, as you said, over 30,000 people you've helped uh, into business. Um, is there is there anything you've seen or, you know, like a characteristic of anybody that you would say, look, you're you're really not a good uh candidate to own your own business stay employed so so anything that you know, any kind of persons or characteristics or traits um that the, you know that we're still helping people tell i, I mean i've told people I, I don't think you're a business owner yeah uh, in a more polite way um so any, any thoughts on that any characteristics or things you may have I seen think with I, know the it's a little I think with the franchise model I think almost anybody probably could if they find the right fit. I think it's more specific fits. Like I, you know, coming from the world of Cintas where I literally spent my first couple of years, you know, walking around Staten Island, banging on doors and making cold calls. And somebody says they're going to buy a B2B business, but they don't like doing sales. I'm like, whoa, that's, that's your not. I would say, I know it's probably an overused line in our space, but I, I think anything that gets overused is because it's proven itself over time is if you want to go and do your own thing and not know what you're going to do each day and be the innovator innovator and creator and fly by the seat of your pants then franchising is probably not for you <laughs> yeah that's right that's um, right that's you know right. And, and i respect that like i love the fact that brands stick to that like i i love that you know, my wife is a hairstylist and i love that most of the haircutting franchises won't sell her a franchise because they don't want the person that's working in the business. Most times they want them working on it. You know, I always think of that movie, the the founder with Michael Keaton, where he's Ray Kroc at McDonald's. Yeah. And yeah. he goes and he sees his buddies on the golf course and they added fried chicken and they did this and they did that. It's like, this is what we do. We do it well and let's stick to that. And if you want to do these other things, that's great. You just can't do it here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you really hit on a, a, a good point. And that is that franchising helps people uh, get into business that that maybe weren't didn't really have the, the overall either industry background for a certain type of business or even some of the skill sets by going with the franchise. Uh, they have a much greater probability of, of success. So, yeah. I mean, real quick, they're done. Thing. And, you know, I haven't, you know, knowing like the consultant side and the buyer side or, and certain things there, I will tell you, not that somebody shouldn't want to buy a business that maybe they feel comfortable or familiar with. I would tell you in my experience, that sometimes is almost a detriment more than a help. And I think so many people keep themselves away from amazing opportunities yeah. because they get focused on what the business does and not what the owner does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Yep, yep. You know, and they my don't, favorite, they... my favorite stories. There's a guy in North Jersey that I know. He runs an amazingly successful, big numbers, big business, and it's a business that works with children and swimming. He doesn't know how to swim, <laughs> and that, well, he's not in the pool. He's not teaching. He's hiring the right people. He's, he's managing the, pool, the marketing. Right. And so I just think that people always need to, uh, you know, remember that. That's a great story. Yeah, that's a great story. He's not, I got to remember that, that example. He's not in the pool. So it's not like you're going to be in the business. You want to be on the business. Hey, um, as we wrap up, Eric, and, and I really appreciate all your insights here. This is really, really valuable. Um, I always ask, is there anything I haven't asked or if there's anything we haven't, we haven't talked about that's, that's 
you know, kind of a final thought you would you would want to be sure that our audience hears, um, and, but we haven't talked about it yet. Is there anything else you think is important for for the the classic viewers of our of our podcast? Yeah, you know, of course, I'll be a little bit biased and a little, uh, you know, focused on the fact that, you know, while Len Fisher and Benetrends pioneered that rollover funding program back in the early 80s and have done it successfully for the last 40 years, I know we've touched on it because it's in our world, but I still don't people don't believe that people fully understand and we don't have to go through the ins and outs and lefts and rights, but at the end of the day, Anyone that's listening to this from a developer, from a franchisor, to a consultant, to a prospective buyer, any funds that you have available from a previous employer, retirement funds, IRAs, rollover, all you need to know is that that can be viewed as pure pre-tax liquid for business. Yep. And yep. I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm not saying that you have to do all, but what I'm saying is to keep Without this program, that is bubble wrapped, and you'll never have access to it from any other area on a pre-tax basis. And I used the joke before, for anyone else listening, my last take home, people try to make it like it's this new, crazy, like separate program. If When I worked at Cintas, I had my 401k. I bought $100,000 of Cintas shares through my 401k. I'm sure many people are listening saying, yeah, okay. Well, your plan owns the shares that you bought. Exactly. exactly. Where did the money go that your plan used? And that's where I never connected the dots. That money went right to Cintas. Yep. And they were using that in their business. All rollover funding is that same thing. But instead of funding somebody else's business, you're funding your funding own. own. I think when people realize that or how Len said it to me on that first day interview that I went to, he said, oh, Eric, so you own Cintas shares in your retirement plan? I said, yeah. He said, congratulations, you're, you're already funding somebody's business with retirement. That's right. That's right. That's right. So That's right. It's, it's so cool to see. And uh, But no, it, I just think uh, what we've covered, get in early, get your candidates started early. Think of funding as part of the process, not a hurdle. Yep. Yeah, man. Be open. Be open to the different options that might be better for you than than you than you ever think. So, hey, great. Uh, great having you on the show, Eric. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. You bet.